Welcome back for another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe if you are enjoying our pod. Join Donika and I as we engage in various topics around mental health. We hope you enjoy our guest today. Thanks again for tuning to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. As usual, we're going to start off with a random topic. So, you know, the last episode we were talking about girlfriends. So, Danica, I want to hear what have you been binging lately and why have you been binging it? You know, oh my goodness. Um, so I have been binging 100 on Netflix. I don't know if y'all heard about that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm into stuff like that. So basically like these um earth something happened with earth they was on like in space and then they sent a hundred children down to earth to try to see if it was um what's the word livable or whatever yeah that's a better word for it and so i had been binge watching that and then it was one episode and i stopped watching it last week where she had killed someone sorry if somebody's listening and um i'm gonna spoil you spoiling for you but she had killed somebody that she loved because she had to because they were gonna kill them or something and she kept seeing images of the face of the person she killed and it reminded like it it made me like relive a moment I've been through and so it was so traumatic for me y'all like I had to like step back from it because it triggered something for me so now because I'm a person who watches stuff like it. Like, I like Blacklist and stuff, like, stuff that is kind of, like, mysterious. You're trying to figure out something. So now I've been watching just a whole bunch of funny stuff. So Girlfriends, Parkers, Sister, Sister, like, all the little Black sitcoms they putting on Netflix. I've been watching stuff like that to get some comedy and some fun in my life because, woo, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> what about you, Myra? What you been watching? I've been watching Lovecraft Country just because I don't fully understand any episode, so I watch it three times in a row, and finally I understand, like, it's basically like the Black version of the Twilight Zone, and they reference old books in, like, Black history, and at first I didn't notice that. I found that out from Twitter, and I was like, now everything makes sense. I've never read these books, so I don't know what they talk about sometimes, so, (laughs) yeah, I'm like, hooked on that show. I can't stop watching it. You can't stop watching it, but yet you didn't understand it. Yes, and then it's so funny because I always see people on Facebook talking about, I don't know what the hell's going on, but I sure am going to watch it. And I'm like, that <laughs> is so me. <laughs> what? Yes. Crystal, okay, so what about you? What have you been watching? Um, I've been watching Utopia. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I mean, like, that blew my mind, but I haven't finished it. And then I also started watching Monsters on Hulu last night. Have y'all heard of that? Uh-uh, is it about monsters? So, yeah, so, right, so I thought, right, it's October, it came out in October, it should be about monsters, mm-hmm. right? I don't know, so far, I think I'm on, like, episode five, and I feel like the monsters are, like, mental disorders, and it's about people dealing with people with mental disorders, that's really interesting. Yeah, but they, they turn it in, like, a different way. Like, one lady, her husband is a pedophile, right? But she's also in denial. So, like, it's, it, it goes through a whole thing. And then, like, there's one couple that's, like, a bipolar female and her partner. Like, it's, 
It's gotten deep on me, y'all. Oh, I gotta watch I gotta it again. Watch I just it. watched it for the first time last night. I gotta watch it again because I'm like, so because it starts off to me with a monster. You know what I'm saying? Like a shape shifting, murdering monster, like what we're all afraid of. Right. But then it's it turns into, yeah. But then it turns mm. into like, oh no, that was yo. Ooh, that monster that your child saw was the person that was touching him inappropriately. Oh, uh, I gotta watch this. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> I'm scared, but um. So, y'all, that was our little random discussion. Um, so, Crystal, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself. Um, I don't know if you have a bio that you want to kind of read off, but. Uh, I have a bio. I can just talk about myself. Go for it. Go for it. Um, my name is Crystal Phoenix. I am from Louisville, Kentucky. I'm a, a single mom who is. Um, a medical health insurance representative and I'm a, uh, my daughter fences um, the reason that I'm on here tonight is because I'm a breast cancer survivor um, I had a 2b um, invasive ductal carcinoma um, so I saw I was in stage two um, I was diagnosed in uh, 2016 um, and then I did um, chemo followed by a lumpectomy, a breast reduction, and radiation. Um, my cancer journey actually didn't start with my journey. Uh, it started with my mother. Um, two years before I was diagnosed, she was diagnosed with a 2A breast cancer. Um, and they thought it was a slow-acting cancer because I don't know, like the, the invasive ductal carcinoma hair two positive, like I know that sounds like blah, 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 A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know what I'm saying? But um, there are hormones that cause the cancer cell to grow rapidly. So like mine was supposedly like very aggressive, you know, and my mother's was a slow acting, but it seemed that that was the opposite that actually hers was fast acting. And in um, 2018, she passed. So I think she battled for four years before passing. And like our battle overlaps. So like that is a very interesting dynamic. But um, yeah, um, I'm also a local comedian. I, I tell jokes around these parts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's me, I'm Crystal Phoenix. Yes, well, thank you so much for introducing yourself, um, and we for sure are going to get into a little bit more just of different experiences, but just trying to get to know you a little bit better, Crystal, so our audience um, can tell us a little bit about your favorite things to do since COVID. Um, so, like, I discovered baths, like rediscovered, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like before COVID, it was go 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 so showers were the thing you know you couldn't sit back and luxuriate in a bath with the bubbles and the salt and the mm. dehydrated rose petals if you so wish so that's kind of what i've gotten back into um a lot of baths and audiobooks that's what's been keeping me sane during these times 
That is so interesting. I've been hearing a lot about, have y'all heard about spiritual baths? Yes. I want to do one, but I'm just, I'm just the, in the Target, you know, order from Amazon, Epsom thought, you know, the Dr. Peels. Yeah, about a being, about a boom. He got me. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know about the spiritual baths. What's that? Shoot, I don't know. Like a go ahead, Myra. Tell us. It could be like a ritual. So let's say you do like a new moon ritual, a full moon ritual. It'd be like with the dehydrated roses. If you want different oils, if you want, you might have your crystals lined up along the tub. You mm. might um, clean your bathroom with some Florida water. You might light some Palo Santo. Uh, just like think of it like a spiritual bath type of thing, like where you might set an intention on like, what's the purpose of me doing this? Do I want to cleanse? Do I want to let something go? So mm. it could be for different reasons. Oh, wow. I yeah. should look into that. That's good. Okay. So um, I I think that, you know, it's so many different things to talk about uh, to you about your experiences. So um, is, if everyone hasn't noticed, today we'll be talking about Black women and breast cancer awareness. I feel like this is awareness in general. Um, but to be what? What did my group? Okay, I'd like to first define what breast cancer is. Um, I don't know. What what can you define breast cancer in 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 your lame in your terms, Crystal? What would you define breast cancer as? Um, I would define breast cancer as a um, group of cells in the breast area, the tissue of the breast area. So it could be on the skin, um, and it could be inside. You know, it could be in the armpit because I don't think people think about that. But this mm-hmm. is still considered breast tissue, you know, and also mm-hmm. your lymph nodes are here as well. Um, so it's it's a, a clump of cells that essentially are dying, and the growth of that death is dependent on hormones that your own body could produce. Um, so it, it takes those hormones and it uses them to grow. Hmm. Okay. I really like I really like how you just explained it. Um, <laughs> I feel like um I feel like we don't we don't get to really hear the nitty-gritty of it. You know, it's like um and this kind of goes into the next question um about what age were you when you first learned about breast cancer and do you think that our society does a good job of discussing breast cancer? Um I feel like like what age I feel like we did a thing in high school. You know what I'm saying? Like there was this plastic jiggly booby thingy and they were like, touch it and you should fill the pee in it. You know what I'm saying? If you fill the pee, that's the cancer. Go get a mammogram. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that was in high school that that happened. Um, And then I don't think I thought about it really until my mom was diagnosed. And I think I was probably about 30. And then um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 33. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I didn't really feel like I thought about it before then, you know? And I don't feel like society does a good job because like a lot of people treated me like I had hooties, you know what I'm saying? Because in their mind, because when I went to go find it, okay, so I found it, y'all. I was just sitting, watching TV, it was like, Obama's birthday or something. It was August 4th. And 
I felt like I dropped something on my chest, right? And I went to brush it off because at the time, like I have big boobs now, but I had like really big boobs back then. So like I went to brush it off and I felt something like itch in my boob. And I was like, hmm. I thought I got crumb in there. You know what I'm saying? Like the crumb got in the bra. So I went to, but there was no crumb. There was something under my skin. Yeah. So I didn't have insurance at the time. So I hunted down a mobile mammogram hmm. and they were like, oh, you're so young. You know, it's probably an infected milk duck. So that's hmm. what everyone kept telling me. But I kept feeling like, I don't know, bruh. And it itched. And they were like, oh, cancer doesn't itch. Don't worry about it. It's probably an infected milk duck. But I, something in my head was like, I don't know. Just because you say it doesn't itch, right? Yeah. Doesn't mean it won't itch for me. Mm -hmm. So um, I finally it's, got. It's the, I'm sorry. It's the, you say milk, a milk duck. That's, um, that's like after you had your child type thing. They're trying to say that. Well, no, like, well, my kid was like nine at the time. Um, they're just saying that the, so sometimes I think the milk ducts in your, your boobs, regardless if they're active or not, sometimes I guess the bacteria could settle in it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I guess that's what they were trying to say, you know, that, yeah, but it wasn't. And I, I had to pursue it myself. I had to be very aggressive in getting checked out myself because it felt like everyone was brushing it under the rug because I was young or because, oh, if you breastfed, you're fine. You know what I'm saying? They were saying all these things other than being concerned to me. I don't think that it did a good job at like preparing me or helping me or any of that. Yeah. Ooh. I'm really curious about like the impacts of your experience with your mom and then having your own experience and then having the experience with her, how that impacted your mental health and how you like, yeah, I'm just curious how it impacted that. Uh, okay. Well, I definitely have therapy. You know what I'm saying? I believe in therapy um, because I mean, yeah, it was definitely hard. I mean, at one point we had chemo treatments the same day, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. In the same vicinity. And I mean, I'm looking at the picture right now, that's crazy, but um, it did take a toll, you know? Uh, it was very hard. I was with her when she passed. Like, so that was very hard because I don't want to pass that way just after seeing it. I feel like people don't realize that when like a person's sick, and I know the person might look a certain way to you, but like we see the look on the person's face. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. so many times I felt like people had given up on me mm. just from their facial expression. Like you can see that they were like, ah, oh, this is going to take you out. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like that's a, that's a hard thing to have to see. You know what I'm saying? So to me, I felt like I spent a lot of time being strong for that face, right? For the, like for receiving that face. And like, now that I'm not receiving that face, I feel like I'm not as much of a fighter anymore, y'all. Like, hmm. Yeah. So kind of when you say not as much as a fighter, does that, is, what does that mean to you? 
Like, I feel like I was fighting, right? Like, I feel like my whole life I did all these things I was supposed to do, right? And then, like, I got this thing. And I'm like, mm. people think I'm going to die from it. And I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm going to live, right? Mm. So I spent a lot of time, like, in fight, live mode. Mm. And I think, like, now that, like, like, that's over, right? Like, that's not my objective. I don't feel like that past objective is me either. Mm. So I'm trying to find the new me. Because mm-hmm. the past one, that don't fit either. Yeah. So deep. It is very, very deep. So it's kind of like you just have to keep, you're, you're having to keep reinventing yourself at these new kind of chapters of your life and these new phases. Yeah, it's definitely like finding a new show. I definitely have outgrown the other one. And I'm in that in, that uncomfortable in-between stage. You know, when you're growing something now, when you're growing something now, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm in an uncomfortable <laughs> in-between stage. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oftentimes we don't get to hear from family members the perspective of their loved ones dealing with breast cancer. So I think we were kind of curious about some of the struggles you experienced, you know, um, in supporting your mom. Um, yeah, like, I, I knew I would need help from start. You know what I'm saying? I knew that I would need education and I didn't want to go through this alone. So we started going to the Gilda's Club. Um, and the Gilda's Club? Uh-huh. Gilda Radner, um, she was a comedian on Saturday Night Live. And uh, I think she passed from, I can't remember which cancer, but her husband, Gene Wilder, started um, a, a nonprofit organization that has grown and Louisville has a chapter. And I went there because I, I'm not, I'm not shy from therapy, okay? Like, I'm not shy from help. If I need it, I will you know what I'm saying? And that was what they told us, you know, when we went to her appointments to find out, you know, the treatment plan and all that, they gave that to us as an option. So we, we went and mm-hmm. I started in the friends and family uh, group. So um, in the, in the group of people who, of other people who supported people with cancer. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that was really helpful because they explain things that you don't know. Like some of the medical terms, when you're hearing them, you're like, what a, what a, what a? Mm-hmm. And they're going so fast. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do this, this, that, and the third. And you're like, fine, when you're there, right? But when you're home and you're reading these papers, you're like, well, what the hell did that mean? Because this says they're going to take X, Y, Z and my eyeball and my right fingernail. You know what I'm saying? But they didn't say, you know, it's, it, it was, it was hard. So I went somewhere that I knew would help us and they did. Like I had other people to lean on and they explained different treatments and how she might feel or act after a treatment, which in turn, well, it didn't, it helped, but it didn't help me. Right. Because her journey was like different than mine. So in the beginning they were like, for her, her treatment was just, a lumpectomy, which is a surgery to remove the cancerous mass. They just take it out and then they put radiation on the place that it was at. 
So that was her treatment initially. For my treatment plan, it was like, yeah, aggressive, aggressive, aggressive from day one. Like, they got aggressive with her treatment plan toward the end. But for me, the first, it was like, yeah, you're going to lose your hair. Yeah, you're going to gain weight. Yes, you're going to be fit. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are things that are going to happen right now because your, your cancer is aggressive and we want to hit it aggressive. Mm. So, but it still helped me. Being there helped me, helped educate me on what to look for, how to help her, and then in turn helped me help myself. Mm -hmm. That was a great place to be, the Guild of Club. Okay. Wow, yeah. No, I most definitely had never heard of uh, heard of that. Um, you know, you know, and, and thinking of it right now, Right. So being able to go to like the Gilders Club and even like being around your mom and she was experiencing breast cancer. Do you think that made you more conscious of like the signs and symptoms? Totally. Totally. It made me more conscious and it also made me more of an advocate for myself mm -hmm. because being in those groups, hearing what other people went through with their patient, with their person. And hearing that you, they had to be, you know, and I had to be myself. I was like, ah, you know, I don't think it's that. So can we get me in for a mammogram? You know what I'm saying? And, and then after the mammogram came the biopsy. And then, you know, after the biopsy came that you have it and then the treatment and so on and so forth. Yeah. So how long did it take before you found someone who actually was like following through and listening to the things that you <laughs> Well, I feel like once I would get people to listen to me, they would listen. But at first, so it didn't take that long. Like, I mean, I, I went to a place, the woman was like, okay, I don't feel anything, but show me how you found it, right? So then I showed her, she was like, ah, ooh, mm, okay, I can give you a referral. So then after that is when I, yeah. And even in that, I feel like they want to so bad give you the news that it's not it. Um, my, the person, I had, a, I had a mammogram and I had an ultrasound before I had my body. So during the ultrasound, uh, the person was like, oh, it looks like totally an infected milk duct, right? So he's doing it. And then all of a sudden he gets quiet. He just shuts up and he's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to have a colleague look at this. And then the colleague comes and looks at it. And then it's like, all right, well, there's a biopsy in two hours and I want you in it. You know what I'm saying? So then, but I feel like he just wanted to say, oh, you're young. Go, you know what I'm saying? That's not how this works, but it is, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes it is. It's like, it's like even, I mean, do you think that like it's, like the like the doctors are even like scared about it or like yeah, yeah I totally totally yeah what do you what what do you think this what do you mean what do you think is scared though like I feel like sometimes the doctors are totally afraid to tell a young person you know that you have this X Y Z disease you know what I'm saying I feel like sometimes the doctors are young themselves because I was going to U of L at the time, so they're young themselves. So they don't want to diagnose someone young themselves with something that they wouldn't want to have themselves. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's most definitely an interesting take too, just thinking of like the things that, you know, some healthcare professionals hold back, even unconsciously, right? Um, yeah. Because of that. Okay. Um, so you hear this term all the time, right? You hear breast cancer survivor. I know I've heard like warriors, all that type of thing. What do you think about this term and what does it do for you? What do I think about the term breast cancer survivor or warrior and what does it do for me? Um, uh, I mean, I get it. I get that you need a term, you know what I'm saying? That's gonna push you through, right? Like fighter, warrior, like especially going through something like that. So I'm here for it. Like I'm here for whatever you call yourself that gets you out of the bed in the morning, call yourself it, say it, you know? I say that I am without evidence of cancer, but like people are like, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? Like when you say that like, "Eh." but then you just go to like, I feel like general terms are just more accepted. So survivor is what I am. Most people know that, know of that term versus, you know, without evidence of. Right, right. Thank you for sharing that. Um, On some of your, like, harder days, or I guess you call it toughest days, whatever you want to call it, what are some things that you tell yourself or things that you do to help push yourself through? Um, One of the things I tell myself, to help push me through my tough days is you've made it through some pretty tough days. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You can do this. And even if you do it 1%, just 1% better than you did at that time, you're, you're, everything you did today was worth it. Just 1%. That's what I tell myself. Just 1% better than yesterday is better than nothing. Very powerful. Um, so you talked about your medical treatment. It sounds like you had a very different experience of what I've heard like other people talk about in their medical experience. Um, and I know there's been like a lot of conversations lately about how black women have just been mistreated as far as when it comes to medical care. And although you talked about like your positive experiences, I was curious, like did you have any other experiences where you like, mm, what the hell is this? And how oh, did you yeah. advocate for yourself? Oh yeah. Um, um, being an advocate for myself is something that I had to do a lot. Like I said, because being young, um, I remember there was a time when, so like I said, I had chemotherapy, lumpectomy, breast reduction, and radiation. During the time of radiation, they hit this area, because this is the side that I had my breast cancer on. So they hit this area. So when they hit this area, they like nipped a bit of my stomach and that caused like acid reflux and like things like that. And I was trying at home things to fix it. So like I said, I was at Uofil and I asked, um, I think he was like one of the students who had came in and talked to me. I asked him like, did he have any suggestions for things I could do to alleviate this awful acid reflux that I was having and he looked Mm. me in my face and said I mean I understand like do you know that we can't give you any more pills for this and I was like 
did I ask for a pill? You know, I asked for any suggestions and that is not a suggestion. And then he repeated it. I don't have any more pills to give you. So I told him to get out of my room. What the heck yeah. is that? What do you think that's about? I feel like maybe someone had asked him for some pills. And instead of leaving that encounter at that encounter, he brought it to me. Hmm. But I wasn't asking for pills. I'm asking because I am literally, you know, not able to lay down, you know, properly without being at an angle because this, 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 this radiation ray is hitting my stomach. And you're not even trying to like her. You're just saying that I'm asking for something. That's it. And you're in his head. It felt like to me, I was just asking for something and he ain't got it. Mm -hmm. That, that mm -hmm. was, yeah. 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 So even yeah. it's like he projected his experiences with other uh, patients on you pretty much. Mm hmm. I don't know. Immediately, you talk about these pills, it makes me think of like uh, the opioid epidemic. Like it makes me yeah. think of like that. Yeah, you know. Like you think I'm asking for pills, and I'm not. I'm. I didn't ask for a pill to begin mm -hmm. with. You know, I simply stated that you know I'm having these things. I told him that I was doing these things. Do you have any suggestions? Wow. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think that even just having the courage to continue advocating for yourself in times when it feels like the, the people who are supposed to be helping you, I feel like that in itself is just a, a very courageous thing to do. Like you're already going through something that's life-threatening and what I, I have to sit here and like, fight also for the health care that I, I deserve and that I need. That's a lie. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so Crystal, do you have any suggestions, advice for support systems of, of those battling breast cancer to be of better support? Uh, I mean, I'm telling you that like as far as suggestions or if anybody is going through this, I suggest that if there is a, a Gilda's Club or anything like that, like a cancer support thing, because I feel like to know that you're not alone in this kind of thing makes you feel good. Because when you're laying on the floor from puking and you can't leave your bathroom, you definitely feel like you're alone, you know? And nobody else is going through that or has ever gone through that because you're in those four walls. But if you reach out to other people, you'll see that you're not, you know what I'm saying? And I just, I just suggest that people try not to go through this alone. Um, and even if your friends that were your friends, because I lost a lot of friends. I am not friends with the same people that I was friends with before this, you know? I am with some, but I, I budded new relationships with people that just wanted to be there for me through something like that. And other people treated me like I had cooties. 
know? Do you think that's why that you're no longer friends with some people because of that treatment? Or what do you feel like? Yeah, that's totally, I'm no longer friends with people because they treated me like I had cooties. Like I said, you don't want to see that. You don't, I, as I'm surviving, don't want to see defeat on my friend's face as they look at me, you know? Um, That does something to your psyche. You know, when someone just looks at you like, oh, yeah, that killed you, huh? Yeah, that, no, it's not, it's not going to, it's not, you know what I'm saying? Like that, Yeah. but when you want them to look at you like, yeah, you got this, we got this, we're going to do this, that does something. You can't, you can't be around that because I feel like that will drag you down a path of going quicker because we're all going to go, right? You know, but I think that drags you down the path of going quicker. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so support really, um, it really, it sounds like one of the things that helps, that that may help people, you talk about your experience, but it may help when people around you are very encouraging of you beating this cancer. Um, Like very much, like pretty much like being fighting with you that's mm-hmm. what it kind of sounds like yeah mm-hmm. yeah can you spell out the name of the club that you said that you go to gilda's g-i-l uh one second g-i-l-d-a-s club c-l-u-b is there any other resources that you have, like maybe like books that you read, TED Talks you read, um, or other places you went? Let's see. Are there any other things? Um, did I read this book? I don't know the author called Crazy Sexy Cancer. That helped. That helped a lot. But I didn't finish it. But it helped in that he made it through. Like you're reading it from a perspective of someone who's been through what you've been through. So I suggest reading books that of people that have been through it, you know, that have gone through it, that are on the other side of that journey. Okay. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before we end, we usually do takeaways for our listeners. So is anything that you uh, feel that you want to, you know, leave with the, the listeners about today's episode? Um, always be an advocate for yourself. If you feel like something's wrong, get it checked out until you feel like it's gone to that level. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think some people would have been okay with the fact that she said she didn't feel anything and then moved on. But I was like, nasty. When she said, you know, how did you find it? Then that was, you know, um, being an advocate for yourself is very important. And I know it's hard to stand up for yourself, but you got to because nobody else is going to do it, you know, just you. Mm. Especially now, nobody can even be in your appointments with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to be your own strength, your own advocate, your own question asker for you. And also to friends of people going through things, support them, you know. Even if you feel like they might not make it, like put on a face of, I got this for you. I am here for you Mm -hmm. right now. Even if you can't see past right now, maybe stay right there and say you love that person in that moment. 
don't mm. think about tomorrow when you won't see them or whatever. Think about right now and you loving them. Mm. Yes, I will. Thank you so much for being very vulnerable and sharing your experience. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, I think, you know, I always want to talk to you about this more, but I do think it, it is like, I think for me, I'm always fearful that I'm triggering someone. Um, and so I really appreciate you taking the time to share your experience, not only with me, I feel like as your cousin, I'm getting to know you more, but literally to the world. So thank you so much. <laughs> You're yeah, welcome. You so You're welcome. No problem. I'm here for it. Yes. Okay. I love what you guys are doing. Like, I love this. So, yes, I'm here to support it. Yes, yes, yes. Anytime. So <laughs> okay. Well, have a good day. Enjoy your Sunday. Have a good you Sunday. too. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. -bye. I'll take you anyway. Hey, y'all. I really enjoy having Crystal on. I feel like she has such a unique perspective that. You never really get to hear, so I'm really thankful for her. So I wanted to share about Black Lives Yoga. And Black Lives Yoga, their motto is inhale love, exhale resistance. And I really like them because what they do is they do peaceful protests to whatever city that they come to. So they've been to Oakland, they've been to LA, they've been to San Diego, they're based in San Diego actually. Um, and they do a protest, a peaceful protest, and they gather together and do yoga. And I like that the creator of it, um, she's a twin. So they're twin sisters, they're black women. And they also have Bees for Black Girls, which is a book that breaks down the alphabet, but black girl edition. So again, that's Black Lives Yoga and then Bees for Black Girls, both two really cool um, pages to check out. And they also host like really cool events. So check those out. Danica, you got something to share? Um, no, I guess really my like, reflection from today's episode is you know just trying to be a better support and then also um you know not being fearful to ask those tough questions uh that can be helpful for yourself and helpful for others because the more information that you have the more you can share it with the next person um so yeah that's pretty much like my own little reflection i really really appreciate my cousin coming to talk today about her experience i feel like it you know it can be very vulnerable but just the way she talked about it just speaks to the speaks volume to the person she is um so yeah that's my little reflection okay well thank y'all for tuning into this week's episode of black on the hill pod make sure you like comment and subscribe on whatever platform you listen to and uh, just to note, Google Play is nowhere going to be in existence very soon. So <gasps> make sure you catch up with us on other platforms. We're going to try and move over to Google Podcasts. So stay tuned for that. <laughs>